When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu. Yo, everybody. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name, of course, is still Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. Today is Thursday, September 22nd. We're going to talk about some baseball. Right off the top, I'll just tell you that there's a couple day games today. So First Pitch starts at about 2.05 Eastern. Make sure that you've got your lineup set by then. Anyway, Ezekiel Tovar, a top 40 overall prospect for the Rockies, will be recalled today for his MLB debut. Tovar is a fantastic hit tool. He'll be fun to watch this weekend in Coors against the Padres, but keep in mind that the Rockies have one of baseball's most brutal schedules in the final stretch, with three games against the Giants and then five against the Dodgers, all on the road. So, uh, not going to be super exciting after this weekend, but someone you might want to think about for then. Brustar Gratterall and Scott Efros are being activated by their respective teams, which has real-world implications with the reinforcement of the Dodger and Yankee bullpens, but neither is a major fantasy consideration, even in safe plus hold leagues due to the sort of full bullpens that they're entering. Eric Lauer still on track to return for the for the Brewers this Friday to take on the Reds in Cincinnati. And speaking of the Reds, they also plan to activate the on-again, off-again Graham Ashcraft against the Brewers on Saturday. Trevor Story remained out of the Red Sox lineup with that heel injury, and if it weren't for his potentially strong schedule for the final week and a half of the season, I'd probably have to cut bait in the one league where I roster Story. That said, there's still no real indication of when Trevor Story might return, and the Red Sox could still decide to put him on the IL, though it's hard to imagine Boston doing that unless Story has a step back. Blake Trinan had been hoped to be reactivated today by the Dodgers. It looked like that'll be delayed by at least a few days. More on that as it happens. Brandon Nemo left yesterday's game early with a quad injury, but told reporters he doesn't believe it's serious. The Mets are off today and on Monday, so I'd expect Nemo to be back either Friday in Oakland or Tuesday in Miami. Starling Marte also hopes to return soon, but I wouldn't expect him back until around next Tuesday at the earliest, and possibly not until next Friday, again lining up with the day after an off day. Ramon Laureano didn't get a clear return date yesterday, which makes it difficult to continue rostering him in 10 and 12 team leagues. That said, if you have room on the IL, Ramon Laureano could make an impact in the final week just thanks to his speed alone. And David Bednar of the Pirates is expected to return early next week after he makes his final rehab appearance on Monday. Bednar will likely be the closer on his return, and he was a heck of a good one for the Pirates. Uh, in the beginning of the season, but the Pirates play their final six games against St. Louis, and they may not have much need for a closer, though he would be a good one if he got the chance. Hitting performances from yesterday, I'll start with Glaber Torres of the Yankees. Three for four with two home runs, four runs scored, five RBI, and a walk. Glaber, who settled into the number three spot in this lineup, extended his on-base streak to 14 games, during which he has three doubles, five home runs, and three stolen bases. The streak has helped push Torres up to the 15th best shortstop on the Rasball Player Raider this season, though his horrific cold spells are really tough to weather. 
Stephen Kwan of the Guardians went three for five with a home run, two runs stored, and a stolen base with a combo meal. Kwan has one of baseball's best hit tools, and as a rookie is hitting 298 with more walks than strikeouts. It also helps that Kwan lives in the leadoff spot for the Guardians, so his 17 stolen bases and high batting average come with 80 runs scored. It's enough to be a top 25 outfielder so far in 2022, and he could flirt with being a top 20 uh, outfielder in 2023 as his power continues to develop, which it has over the second half. Joey Manessis of the Guardians went two for four with a home run, two RBI, and a walk. I'd been openly worried about Manessis' strikeout rate, but he's now put together three straight games without a strikeout and has a walk in four of his last six. Manessis has been a shining star in an otherwise dull lineup for Washington and looks like he could have 25 home run upside in 2023. Willie Adamas went one for two with a home run, two runs scored, and two walks. Only Aaron Judge has a better mark than Adamas's 323 WRC plus over the last seven days as he looks to close this season out on a high note. The Brewers have a favorable schedule the rest of the season, so if Adamas stays hot, he could end 22 with close to 35 home runs. JT Real Muto of the Phillies went two for five with a home run and stolen base, the other combo meal of the day. Real Muto's current WRC plus of 133 would be a career best if it, the season were to end today, as he continues to be the top fantasy catcher of 2022. I don't actually rank Real Muto as the best catcher on my hitter list, but that's more due to the emergence of Adley Rushman, especially over the second half, than anything wrong with Real Muto. Real Muto is going to be a top three catcher for sure next season, though the top tier is more crowded at catcher now than it has been for quite some time. Taylor Ward of the Angels went one for three with a home run, two RBI, and a walk after a slump that lasted four months, including some an extended stay on the IL. Ward seems to have recovered from whatever mental and or physical issue that impeded him, hitting at 349 with fantastic plate discipline, three home runs, a stolen base, and 25 combined runs in RBI over the last 24 games. The power is still considerably lighter than what Ward showed at the start of the year, but it's a step in the right direction. Adolis Garcia of the Rangers went two for three with a double, a run scored, and two RBI, and I just wanted to point out that Adolis Garcia has been a top five outfielder in 2022, and his 25 home runs, 24 stolen bases, and 94 RBI compare favorably to guys who get a lot more press time like Kyle Tucker and Julio Rodriguez. Garcia's strikeout rate has also improved from 2021, and he should be looked at as a top 10 to 15 outfielder in 2023, or even better. And Jeremy Pena of the Astros went one for five, but it was a double with two runs scored and a stolen base. Pena has made some excellent adjustments in September, showing power and speed over his last 12 games with three home runs and two steals. Pena's improved contact has also helped him score 19 runs in that stretch, and he has at least one run scored in each of his last six games. Starting pitching performances from yesterday, I'll start with Kevin Gossman of the Blue Jays. He went against the Phillies. He went six innings pitch, no earned runs, five hits, two walks, eight strikeouts. And really the interesting fact here that Nick points out in the SP Roundup is that Gaussman's BABIP is the highest of any pitcher ever in the time that we've recorded BABIP uh, with a pitcher with over 150 innings. So he's had a terribly unlucky year at times. Hopefully he has a better one next year and that he can finish this one out strong. Jordan Lyles. Of the Orioles went against the Tigers. He got the win on a complete game, nine innings, one earned run, three hits, no walks, six strikeouts, only 94 pitches to get through those nine innings. A combination of strong execution and just being a right-handed pitcher against the Tigers will go a long way, though Jordan Lyles is not someone I'd want to start in a 12-teamer against the Red Sox or Yankees, which are his next opponents. Zach Wheeler, of the Phillies came back against the Blue Jays, he got a no decision on four innings pitch, but no earned runs, two hits, no walks, three strikeouts, 58 pitches to get through those four innings. The short outing was expected as he's re- he was only just activated off the IL, but 
Wheeler sat 98-99, to and he is a full go from here on out. Logan Webb of the Giants was in Coors, but he got the win on 5.1 innings pitch, no earned runs, just one hit allowed, no walks, and five strikeouts with 66 pitches. The Giants have an ideal schedule down the stretch facing the Road Rockies and the Diamondbacks, and seeing Webb have this kind of performance in Coors should have you feeling very good about what he'll be able to do in his final few outings. Blake Snell of the Padres went against the Cardinals. He got the win on seven innings pitch, no earned runs, two hits, two walks, and 13 strikeouts, 117 pitches. Snell had a no-no going for a while. A reminder that while he's executing, Snell is still capable of elite performance. Consistency remains an issue, and your matchup and roto situation will probably be the driver as to whether you should roll the dice with Snell against the Dodgers next week. Jesus Lazardo of the Miami Marlins went against the Cubs. He got a no decision on 6.2 innings pitched, one earned run, three hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts on 101 pitches. The changeup wasn't quite there in this one, but the fastball and the bender were fantastic for Lazardo as he carved up the Cubbies. He gets the Mets and Atlanta to close out the season, which isn't ideal, but if you need strikeouts, it's hard to justify benching Lazardo for either start. Dustin May of the Dodgers went against the Diamondbacks. This was rough. He took the loss on four innings pitch, five earned runs, seven hits, two walks, and just four strikeouts, 79 pitches for those four innings. A devastating result as May really should have cruised here, and I'm not sure I want to use May in his next start against the Pirates. Don't cut him, though, as May's last start will be against a weary Road Rockies team that'll be on a long road trip, and that should be a very successful start. And if it's not, I'll be very concerned. And then Ronzi Contreras of the Pirates, he went against the Yankees. He got the loss. 4.2 innings pitch, six earned runs. That's ugly on six hits and two walks, but 10 strikeouts. Just keep your eye on him for that next start against the Reds, as Contreras should pile up some strikeouts if you need them and have a better result than he had here. Relief pitching performances from yesterday, it's now three consecutive appearances with a save and six consecutive appearances without a walk or run allowed for Josh Hader. He still has an elite arm, and if Hader's success continues for the rest of the month and in the playoffs, I'd expect him to be drafted as a top closer again in 2023. Kyle Finnegan struck out at least two batters for the third consecutive outing, which is fairly intriguing as Finnegan hasn't exactly been a strikeout artist so far this season. Apart from a five-run catastrophe earlier this month, Finnegan has been a model closer for the Nationals, and his 10 saves in the second half is the ninth best mark in baseball. Previous closer Tanner Rainey likely won't return from Tommy John surgery until late next season if he returns at all, so Kyle Finnegan should be seen as a safe mid-tier closer even if Washington doesn't project to be a whole lot better as a team going into 2023, as long as of course they don't sign someone else or do something weird. Domingo Acevedo has completely taken over the closer's job in just a single week for the A's as he notched his fourth consecutive stave. Now that it's clear that the team just doesn't seem to want to give A.J. Puck save opportunities, Acevedo is look a work is worth a look in both save and saves plus holds leagues if you need that stat. Acevedo won't strike out a ton of guys, and the aides won't be favorites in any of their games left this season, but saves are saves. Now, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the weather and our picks for today. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code 
podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well, from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball, even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at PitcherList.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. And we are back just in time to take it over to Mark with the weather. Mark, take it away. Thank you very much. Well, looking at the weather map for today, we have a very strong cold front slamming through the northeast. Good news is that all the rain should be east of places like New York and out to sea in Baltimore. Um, So they shouldn't impact any games. I mean, if these were afternoon games, there could be some problems. But with both being night games, we look to be good to go. These are the only games that should be any issue. So, again, for DFSs or playoff uh, season long, go ahead and play everyone you got. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Mark. It is appreciated, as always. For starting pitching streamers on the day, Hayden Wesneski will be a popular choice against the Pirates for the Cubs, and rightfully so, as Wesneski has a 2.30 ERA with 18 strikeouts in 15.2 innings, including his seven-inning one-run gem for the Cubs last week. Hunter Green is available in well over half of leagues, so you should check to see if your league is one of them. Hunter Green looked dominant in his last outing, and while the control can be spotty, he should pile up strikeouts no matter what, thanks to that absolutely wicked slider that Green uses. Relief pitching, if you're looking for some poached saves or holds, the Phillies used most of their pen yesterday, so there's a chance that Brad Hand could sneak in a save or hold as one of the few arms that got the day off yesterday. And then both AJ Puck and Domingo Acevedo have pitched on back-to-back days, so the incredibly desperate could look to Yohel Piamps to get a cheap save if the A's somehow have the lead against George Kirby and the Mariners. On the hitting side, the Guardians go against Johnny Cueto, who's been dealing with an illness and is coming off his worst start of the season against the A's. Josh Naylor, Stephen Kwan, Oscar Gonzalez, and even the suddenly hot Miles Straw are in play, though Straw is really just mostly for stolen bait. Of course, any Giant or Rocky in Coors in the showdown between Jose Urania and John Brebia should deserve your attention. The closer to the top of the lineup, the better. Jonathan Daza is available in many leagues and hits second when active for the Rockies, and I'd keep a close eye on whether the Rockies actually insert the today-activated Ezekiel Tovar into the lineup. While we usually say to bench pitchers in their major, major league debuts, that doesn't apply to hitters who ought to be activated immediately. On the Giants' side, several Giants, such as Tyro Estrada and Lamont Wade Jr., are dealing with nagging injuries, so keep an eye on the lineup card and make adjustments as necessary. And with that, that is everything I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. You can find us online, PitcherList.com. we got tons of stuff out there. That are st- and we're still trying to help you win your fantasy leagues. We've got the SP roundup. We've got the batter's box. We've got the reliever ranks. We've got my hitter list, which just came out this morning due to a slight uh, technical delay, but that is out this morning. You can definitely check that out. If you want to see how I feel about rest of the season and a little bit about how I feel about hitters going into next season. And before I forget, we are hiring at Pitcher List. Please check us out on Twitter at Pitcher List. You can see what positions we're hiring for. It's a whole bunch of them, including content creators and on the technical side. So if you want to be involved with us, Check it out. All positions are paid. And with that, have a great rest of your day. 
This has been the first pitch podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.